What's up? I'm Thomas Irwin, and you're listening to another episode of the Niagara Moon podcast. I got to talk with a very interesting character for this week, a man out of Stockholm, Sweden, by the name of Jun Magnusson. Uh, that's spelled J-O-N, so he doesn't mind if you call him John. And uh, Jun does a little bit of everything, really. He plays in so many different uh, genres and styles, uh, multi-instrumentalist. Um, his main project under his own name uh, has a lot in common with Simon and Garfunkel, Leonard Cohen, a lot of that uh, 60s era folk. Ewan also made the jump this year from uh, doing social work to being involved in music full-time, in addition to releasing a wide variety of music under a few different monikers. He also curates playlists for Spotify, and he shares some behind-the-scenes info on how all that works. So just a very uh, hardworking, interesting, dynamic dude. I found the conversation very interesting. The time really did fly by. I hope you like it as well. so busy just getting started with the podcast and get some routine with with the podcast so but but it's really good to have something to do every week mm. yeah always the it's called a, always a rebel right your podcast yeah yeah and yeah, that's exactly. uh, you just started going back to doing that on a on a regular basis it's pretty cool yeah yeah i actually waited until i had it like everything set up i i took the content bliss training on on Indopreneur. yeah so yeah, it's fun. So even and uh, how, but I so you have quite a lot of of listeners on SoundCloud for your podcast. Yeah, I've actually um, before I even found uh, Entrepreneur or anything, the uh, music marketing Facebook group we're both on. I started a podcast like a long time ago, um, almost oh, cool. three years ago at this point. So just you have enough people on and enough people share it, I guess it it gets out yeah, on cool. on channels here and there. But yeah, it's been a lot of fun so far. I just I enjoy having a chance to get to have an in-depth conversation with other musicians and people are, that are creative. Yeah. Um, what I was running into is like, so I used to live in Seattle and I go see um, a lot of live music in Seattle. And um, you see a lot of people at these shows that seem really interesting and you'd like to kind of chat, but the music is really loud and then it's really late at night. Yeah. And it's yeah, just, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. a very settled environment. So it's this great yeah. opportunity outside of that to just get to connect with people more. Um, yeah, definitely. How, how do you find doing a podcast so far yourself? You're about uh, 14, 15 episodes in? Yeah, I like it. it it's a lot of work, but also um, like it's like a crash course in everything. Mm. Like, because I have to mix it, I have to edit, I have to make all the um, uh, redistribution stuff. Yeah. So so it's really uh, like I'm not only learning podcasting; I'm also learning to <laughs> to do everything else. Yeah, there's a lot of both uh, pre-production and post-production stuff involved. But yeah. At least yeah. in my experience, once you really just get in the routine of it, you get in the flow, and you yeah. you know pretty far out what you're going to be doing, and eventually it feels like a little less of a responsibility yeah yeah definitely so i feel uh, after a couple of weeks more i will have a 
have a mental checklist. I have a, a checklist on my computer, but then I will have it in my head so I can just do everything more smoothly. Yeah. So at this point, you are, um, you would call yourself a full-time musician. It's, uh, yes. It's become your profession. So I'm always curious, would that jump to being able to do this full-time and all the different tasks that are involved in that what what's a uh, like a typical week look like for you at this point oh that's a really good question like i have two main main um, things i do in, within my music business one is my own music and my different side projects mm -hmm. and then there's also the playlisting and and the reviewing business uh, that's actually that's um, gives the most revenue at at the moment uh, and, and since that more or less pays the bills, I can build my own uh, my own fan base more mm. uh, more slowly. Like I don't have to rush yeah. things with my my own stuff. So it's like having a really fun uh, day job, <laughs> listening to others' music and and um, uh, and it also great. It's a great way to to like um, define my own taste mm. in music because I listen to maybe 50, 60 songs every day. Oh. And uh, and I can't go in depth with every song, mm -hmm. but still I, I know how it is to be on the artist side. So I know how important it is to, to get re relevant feedback if if I um, don't accept the song. So so I got a really good rating on, on, on uh, Submit Hub. Submit so, Hub, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So you review and curate music for, um, is that for Spotify playlists specifically? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, I tried uh, Apple and iTunes, but uh, I just don't like it. <laughs> I have no idea. Like, I get that Apple Music can be a really cool service, and I know some people that use it. But just from the perspective of somebody who would add music on there or maybe wants to curate like you do or... Whatever I just, I do not understand their their interface so no, far. No, and and apparently I need a some kind of Apple device to be able to manage it. And ah, uh, oh yeah, I'm locked into Android at this point. Yeah, me too. <laughs> wow. So how did you get started with playlisting as kind of a, a side venture of your your music career? Uh, I actually started curating playlists more seriously. Um, last summer so one and a half year ago and uh, in it was this spring like in april mm -hmm. i had a few playlists with over 400 followers and so someone recommended me that i should take submissions via submit hub mm -hmm. because it started to get ridiculous i got so many like many 100 a day uh, or something right yeah yeah it got got crazy um so i contacted them and uh, and at that point, I only had two playlists that were, were big enough. Uh, but now I have like f 13 or 14 or something like that. Uh, and and also because uh, I really love listening to new music. Yeah. So 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 even if it's a lot to listen to 50 songs a day, it's still a lot more fun than any other job I could, could think of. Right. The idea of getting paid to listen to music. I mean, on paper, at yeah. least that sounds pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, it is. And uh, I, I actually also have, uh, I think that's why it has been so sustainable, because I really try to bring, because people are actually paying me to listen to their music. And I, I, uh, 
I suspect that there are playlisters who doesn't who don't care very mm. much about about the artist or uh, they put the, their song on the playlist for a few days and take it away. So I try to have like I'm gonna listen to at least one and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna write at least twenty words of feedback, and um, and if I put it on a playlist, I will keep it for at least three months. Mm. So. Um, so that's there is a real value if they if they get accepted. And what kind of music are you um, listening to usually? What what do you like to to curate and, and arrange? Uh, the, that's also a, bi- a big uh, uh, um, a great thing for me is that I I like a wide variety of music, like from from indie rock and folk to. Uh, lately, I've been listening to quite a lot of old country and Americana, wow. and also and also jazz is probably my favorite genre at the moment. And also, I love punk. Punk is also a genre I always uh, return to. So, so I know a lot. Uh, I know a little about a lot of genres, yeah. but I, I like I wouldn't like I love progressive rock, but I I cannot mention too albums by Jethro Tull but I know they have a lot of good songs so I'm, right right I'm a music yeah you, t- you take in anything nerd, I, omnivore yeah exactly yeah yeah because I was gonna say what I've heard of your music um it's almost it's kind of hard to pin down your your main style or whatever you seem to really embrace that eclecticism that's yeah um how, how do you use when you're trying to explain the kind of music you make to others, how do you try to sum it down? Usually, sum it up rather. Uh, I, I I usually say like it's indie rock and folk with a touch of jazz and, and uh, progressive and psychedelic rock. <laughs> so that yeah, um, that, that sounds that, like a lot. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, and uh, and lately, I have been putting my instrumental stuff under different names to to separate it from my from my regular indie rock yeah, stuff. Singer songwriter stuff versus uh, yeah. more j- jazzy or atmospheric music. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I heard um, with your recent uh, Always a Rebel release, I, I definitely hear some um, Simon and Garfunkel, some Leonard Cohen, sort of the 60s folk influences. Yeah. Um, so you're you're in Sweden. Is that sort of music quite popular in Sweden? or? Yeah, I would say so. Uh, both Leonard Cohen and Simon and Garfunkel are fairly big here. Um, so, but to be honest, I, I'm not so, so up to date in what's actually popular in, <laughs> in your immediate in mainstream surroundings. Yeah. No, uh, but yeah, um, both Simon and Garfunkel and, and Leonard Cohen are two really big influences for me. Is there, uh, a local music scene where you are? Yeah. Yeah. It is in Stockholm. It's quite, oh, so quite you're in big, Stockholm. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but it's really, really competitive. Uh, so, so actually, I think I would have easier to to sell out a show in like London <laughs> than I would have in in Stockholm. Really? Because yeah, because no one goes to see a, a, an unknown act if you don't know the the artist. Hmm. The the only Swedish band I know is Peter Bjorn and John. Are they uh, ah, one of the biggest yeah. in your country? <laughs> or that's more of an international reputation. Yeah, I think, and that's because of the young folks. I actually uh, have a lot of common friends with with Peter from from that band. Oh, that's funny. 
Yeah, I saw. So the guy I'm working with uh, now uh, is recording with with Peter from from that band right right now. Oh, you have the same um, studio engineer. Uh, no, um, I, no, it's complicated. <laughs> like a producer, <laughs> some other kind of yeah, yeah, creative yeah, he, helper. He's playing. He's playing with a guy who who's gonna produce some of my new stuff. Okay. And, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I know you do so much online. I was just uh, kind of curious if live uh, performance, maybe in your local scene or elsewhere in Europe, if that was a component of what you do, or you're you're fairly uh, home based at the moment. Yeah, at the moment I'm I'm very home based. I played two gigs this year, um, and it's also because um, it's easier to combine with with being a, a family. Yeah. Uh, to, to be able to do things from home so but that's a long-term goal to be able to go come out and, and travel and, and play some gigs but uh, I'm a bit a bit uh, tired of playing in Stockholm mm. and at the moment I don't have the the, the time to go out in Europe and play mm. and uh, one day I hope you uh, plan to come play in America have you ever been out yeah here? definitely yeah definitely Awesome. We will do a gig together. Yeah, for sure. Come out to uh, Massachusetts. Ah, yeah. I'm two hours <laughs> from Boston. To make it. Yeah, that's um, cool. Uh, so a large part of your day is this um, playlisting, this curation. You do try to kind of honor the integrity and sound of uh, you know each artist that kind of presents their music to you. You f- find out what to put, Yeah. Uh, which song where. Um, is there kind of um, a learning curve to that, to that ability to to make playlists effectively and and reach an audience that that responds to how you do that? One thing I notice is if you want to get new followers for a playlist, you can't put ten unknown artists on the top of the playlist. Mm. Like you have to blend it up with. If I'm doing a prog rock playlist, yeah, I yeah. will put on Pink Pink Floyd and Jethro Tull, Rush bands like that mm. and then i will blend blend in some some lesser known artists to play similar music um so it's more or less the same tactic i use to promote my own music mm. so that's cool yeah get um giving people something familiar but then a little bit of something new mixed in yeah so kind of the best of yeah. both worlds yeah, and that's also how I like to consume music. Like, it's a bit tiring to listen to only uh, unknown music because you have to focus so much. Yeah. But if you have like two songs that are familiar and one song that's that's new, it's a lot easier to to really appreciate the the new stuff. Mm. That's a good point. Yeah, and then you don't want everything that's too familiar and famous because then, you know, what's the point of kind of seeking out yeah. a new playlist you could just do that for yourself yeah yeah exactly um what are some of your main activities when it comes to um just your own music and developing your own fan base how, how do you uh what are you focused on these days with that um i i've been using twitter for a long time and i really like twitter because um it's so easy to get that first connection mm. and and start a conversation right away uh, so you can just chat a bit and then ask politely if someone would be interested to check out some of my stuff. Uh, so it's much easier easier to to get on to a good start. 
and then if they really like my stuff I, I ask them if they want to to sign up for my for my mailing list and in that way when they are, are on my mailing list they are they already know quite a lot uh, about what I'm doing so uh, I really like Twitter in that sense hmm. so you're able to just find all these different music listeners and appreciators um, mainly through Twitter and then you gradually kind of get them into yeah. your your world and they're able to follow you yeah yeah exactly yeah twi Twitter mm -hmm. is something about Twitter is, is hard for me I never could all the other platforms like Instagram and Facebook I can use it as just a a consumer and a viewer and Twitter just yeah. Twitter seems so crowded to me but I, I guess <laughs> yeah, it works for some it, people it is it is um, like I worked so much with it and I actually have a, a guy helping me finding, uh, targeting the right people to follow mm. and uh, to make like the targeting process, that's the hard part and what takes a lot of time. So I actually pay for, for a service to, to have the targeting made for me. And then I can then I can focus on actually uh, um, communicating with those who who responds. Hmm. Yeah. So you you get pretty um, almost kind of scientific with it, like really getting the the most value out of it, yeah. finding the right people. Yeah. What would you say are some big themes in your music and like the the emotions you uh, you focus on or expand on the most? Like what what kind of um, feel are you developing? Would you say? Uh, I think one theme is like people who who uh, uh, doesn't fit into a box. Mm -hmm. Like the always a rebel song is is about like a, a hibernated hippie who who keeps being a rebel, mm -hmm. even though it's quite hard when you grow up. Yeah. Um, so I like to write uh, um, like come up with some kind of persona and write from the perspective of that persona so it both feeds personal but it's not about a specific person yeah the speaking to that kind of um dissatisfaction or frustration with not fitting in necessarily yeah yeah exactly yeah. and also and like that kind of has the punk thing going for it yeah 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 and also a lot of like bittersweetness uh, like i don't want a song to be happy or sad i want it to be all the things at the same time. Mm. Yeah, that that's definitely something Paul Simon had down. That kind yeah. of melancholic, kind of it's kind of a twist. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and Leonard yeah. Cohen as well. His, his huge influence when it comes to like thematic writing. Mm. Yeah, his. Uh, I was just listening to Songs of Love and Hate. Those are classics. Famous Blue Raincoat. Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, but both uh, artists with really amazing lyrics. Um, you're one of the few people recently I've gotten the chance to talk to where you are often writing lyrics outside of your native language. Do you do you write music in Swedish as well? Yeah, but not so not so much anymore. I have one EP planned in Swedish. Mm. Um, of course, it's in some way it's easier to write in Swedish, but also Swedish is a quite complicated language. Like people can write more or less anything in English, and mm -hmm. people people will will buy it, especially if they are Swedish. Uh, but if you write in Swedish and you write terrible, in, uh, have a terrible language, it's, it doesn't work. So 
Um, I really admire people who write good Swedish lyrics. Yeah, I guess because you're making me think now. Um, there's so many songs in English. There's so many kind of phrases to just take or borrow. Yeah. There's there's so much there already, and I get so that's a completely different paradigm. If you're because there's got to be so much, so many fewer Swedish songs, yeah. and I don't I don't know what like the um, the vernacular would be there. <laughs> so the no, the expectations yeah. are set a lot higher. Yeah, and also in English, I I believe it's easier to use uh, almost rhymes like mm. uh, words that sounds alike but doesn't rhyme. Yeah. Um, like there are a lot more options than it is in in Swedish. So how do you have to do but, it in Swedish? Um, oh, that's a hard <laughs> question. Um, Trying to explain it in in English. Uh, yeah. I think I do it more or less the same. I'm not a big fan of rhyming, yeah. so I always try to find uh, lyrics that that uh, sounds alike but doesn't rhyme to get more of a flow in the in the in the storytelling. Mm. Yeah, I was um, I was a Japanese major in college, and I spent some time um, living abroad in Japan and did music out there with a band. So I wrote some songs in Japanese, yeah. and in Japanese, rhyming means nothing. Because there's so few, there's relatively few sounds, especially vowel sounds. Yeah. So it just becomes a whole another kind of exercise. So I always, yeah, yeah, yeah. And people like, um, I think Björk in Iceland is another really good example of writing in another language that's not what you would use. Yeah. In everyday uh, conversation, just the kind of phrases you'll come up with from that perspective. I always find that really interesting. Yeah. The best language to to write rhymes on is is Spanish because, it, it, like, if you have one word, you have tens of thousands of words mm. that will rhyme with it because every word ends in a specific way. So I actually wrote some. Uh, I'm more or less fluently in Spanish, oh. so I wrote so I wrote some some uh, Spanish uh, children's songs, and it's so easy. Uh, it's easier to write lyrics in Spanish than in Swedish. Wow, that's fun! Wow, so you, so three languages for you: English, Spanish, and Swedish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish I spoke Spanish. It's a lot of a yeah. lot of people speak Spanish in Massachusetts. It would be quite yeah, useful. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Um, obviously, you you uh, really enjoy a lot of of what you do now professionally. Um, is there a component of it that's particularly challenging for you, though? Is there what uh, what's kind of the hardest thing for you? Accounting. Ah, uh, taxes, <laughs> of course. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, that's that's the worst. Um, like I'm, I think I'm almost three months behind with my accounting now, and I just can't make myself sit down and do it. And the problem is, I have to count in in Swedish currency, mm. but almost all my expenses and income is in in U.S. dollars okay. or euros. So I have to calculate what the currency rate was that particular day i got the <laughs> revenue so oh, it's a mess oh my god for every so for every self-employed musician out there there needs to be one <laughs> accountant to help them <laughs> yeah a team yeah i think so I, I actually have to look if if i can can outsource the um, the accounting i need to find someone that is specialized on on people doing business online because 
most people are used to like invoices mm. in in uh, Swedish currency and not uh, not a lot of different payouts in in US dollars. Yeah, and even like 10 years ago, I mean your job both how how you're sharing your own music and then the playlisting even like 10 years ago that didn't really exist. This is all so new this technology and this ability to both find your own audience online and help other people find theirs. It's it's so novel and yeah. Oh my god, yeah, and then just add the the currency exchange factor into it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if it, if it weren't for the currency exchange it would be a be a piece of cake. Oh my god, yeah. And it's it's probably coming from a lot of different places too, Spotify and then SubmitHub and Yeah. That, that, that's the good thing about aggregators. Like if you sell stuff via M- Amazon or, or like I have my music through DistroKid, mm. they collect all the royalties for me, and then then I can request one uh, one uh, payout, yeah. and I only have to account for. But if I sell CDs, like I did a, uh, uh, an album or an EP now, and I have to account for every every. Um, Every little cell I had to, to, and then I had to to check if um, they were within or outside the EU. Like selling inside the EU is a mess. Oh, you got a VAT something going on, yeah. right? It's a value yeah, added exactly. tax, or I forget what. The... Yeah, exactly. And I'm I'm totally okay with paying taxes, but make it easy. Yeah, don't make <laughs> like, paying taxes a, a full time job in and of itself. No, exactly. Oh my god! So, and when it comes to digital uh, products, I just stopped doing it because then I have uh, because if I sell physical products, it's the same. Uh, I will pay uh, VAT in Sweden, but if I sell MP3s, for example, yeah. I have to pay VAT in the country where the customer are. And then I have to make sure that they are in that country via a double. Uh, it's it's just a mess. Wow. Now, <laughs> so this this is a problem for all countries in the EU specifically. Yeah, wow. and it's so strange. Like if I sell something to to the US, I pay income taxes, and that's it. Mm. So is this why a Brexit started? <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I don't know. I think that's Russia. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, you're yeah, I always uh I usually envy Europe for the the history and the scenery and the uh the quality of life and everything, but this is one one thing right here where I feel lucky to be an American. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 you should. Uh that's too funny. When you're um creating new music and uh starting yeah, just putting new stuff together, what do you find usually uh inspires you? Where do you uh draw your creative energy from? Day to day. Before, when I wrote my my more indie folk singer songwriter stuff, um, mostly I just got an idea of a theme or a or a, a short passage of of music and, and then developed the song from there. But like last two years, I I've been studying uh, more music theory, so I'm more able to to actually sit down and try musical ideas out mm. and and uh, figure out what would work together, especially for my more instrumental stuff. Mm. Do you always write on guitar or do you uh, do keyboard and stuff as well? Uh, I, th- I actually prefer the keyboard to write yeah. because it's so much easier to... Uh, like on a keyboard you can find, oh, I need, uh, I need a fi- f- uh, the, 
major seven chord of this this key and it's a lot easier on the guitar i had to to figure out <laughs> where yeah. where to play the notes yeah i uh i don't even play guitar myself i sort of i kind of wish i did sometimes but that is a very cool thing about the keyboard is that the the physical limitations aren't really there you can no yeah and one thing for me recently for especially writing more kind of involved instrumental music was uh when you can get away get away from just really normal standard chords and you can uh like oh the root note uh, we're going to get very technical here for a second but the root yeah. note of this a7 chord is actually going to be i'm playing g under this a7 chord and then what if i turn that into when you get to the point where you don't even fully understand what chords you're playing anymore and stuff like that yeah. so that's it can get very exciting at that point just a whole new yeah. harmonic world opens up so really the the musicology of it uh inspires you huh yeah and and you can learn it on guitar as well but it's so much more visual on a keyboard mm -hmm. like if you take a music theory class you will learn the theory f from a from a keyboard yeah yeah scales and the the one thing guitar has going for it is all the different tunings you can experiment with i really like players mm. who do that yeah that's cool I'm too lazy. I, <laughs> I I do drop D sometimes, yeah. uh, especially to play famous blue raincoats. Then drop D is is perfect. But otherwise, I think it's a hassle to be to be forced to tune the knobs. guitar all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you you had the um, always a rebel release recently. Are you? Um, what's the next big project you're focused on now that you're excited about? Yeah. Actually, I released two EPs uh, after Always Rebel. Real? Okay. Those are on Spotify? Uh, yeah, it's because, you see, yeah. Uh, thing is, I released a uh, um, deluxe version of um, of Always Rebel with some remixes. Oh, the remixes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but actually, um, I have Acoustic Dreams uh, on Jon Magnusson, and then also the, the This Is All It Takes, which is the instrumental project that I moved to to another profile. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's Beyond the Seasons. Beyond Seasons. Are you uh, working on your next release at the moment or kind of taking a break in between? Yeah, I actually just finished uh, my next piano piece uh, and it's going to be a uh, two-song release. First, my own arrangement and then uh, an Italian uh, Pianist did an arrangement of it as well. Wow. That is more like classic piano bar jazz, mm -hmm. uh, and he, he's um, he's a jazz pianist by uh, by trade. So so that was really cool that he wanted to to make an arrangement as well. Yeah, that that's very exciting too. When um, not just finding fans, but artistic collaboration and all these different musicians you can get in touch with when it just it's totally yeah, international. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and, and you recently joined the the uh, the the community where where I I connected with this Italian. Oh uh, yeah, I'm on as well. Spotify gang. Yeah, yeah, Shout exactly. Out to the S That's gang. the best. Yeah, those those guys are the best. They're awesome. Yeah, there's so much good music on there. Yeah. Um, very cool. Well, if uh, if somebody wants to find your music, where do you uh, suggest they look? How do they find you? Um, easiest is to go to my website because there I have all the links mm -hmm. um, to to various streaming yep. platforms. That's your home base. I will also put the links to my 
to my instrumental stuff on there. Mm. And uh, also you can sign up for my for my mailing list there as well. Uh, it's actually really cool. I try to send out one or two emails every week. So, and otherwise you can can search for me on Spotify or iTunes, and you will find me. My my name is is pretty unusual, so it's quite easy to find it. Yeah, uh, one of a kind. And that that's spelled M A G N U S S O N Magnuson. Yeah, okay. that's correct. Awesome. And uh, the podcast, Always a Rebel, you're doing that pretty regularly now? Yeah, so once a week. Keep a look out for that. All right, Ewan, thank you so much for coming on. This is, uh, the time flew by. This is uh, pretty yeah. cool stuff. Yeah, it did. I really enjoyed it. And I'm going to, uh, when I start having guests on, on my own podcast, we have to book uh, an interview with you as well so you can talk from the other side of the table. Anytime, man. I'm down. Cool. All right, so that was Ewan Magnuson, very personable dude. Like I said, it was uh, a really fun time getting to know him a little bit more and uh, lots of interesting information to glean from that chat for sure. I'm going to leave this episode off with uh, his song, Always a Rebel. Again, feel free to uh, check out his podcast. Go to his uh, website, ewanmagnuson.se, and uh, have a good rest of your week. I'll see you next time. Walking with your head in the stars Your eyes bitted in black and your soul full of scars You are dreaming in your room when it's dark Music on your mind and on your chin, there's a mark You're a rebel, always a rebel You are You are old now, but you were never meant to be Your friends who go to work, whereas you're watching TV And you're drinking for yourself But you're a rebel, always a rebel, you are. And as a rebel, you can go where the wind blows. But you have to do it all on your own. You're longing for a life where you will never be apart But a rebel, yeah, a rebel you are And as a rebel you can go where the wind blows 
Forever you are.